And a very good day to you. This is Pastor Mark with Touch of God. And before we continue on from last week's program, I wanted to read out to you the first few verses of Psalm chapter 103. Psalm 103, starting in verse 1 today. Bless, affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is deepest within me. Bless his holy name. Now again, this is from the Amplified Classic Edition version, where there's a few more words to bring out the true definition of the verse. Amen. And so this is the psalmist telling his soul to bless the Lord. Amen. Verse 1. Bless, affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is deepest within me. Bless his holy name. So Lord, today... We bless your holy name with our souls, with our mind, will, and emotions. In the name of Jesus, we bless your holy name. Hallowed be thy name. And Lord, we thank you for all that you have done, all that you will do, and everything that you're doing in our lives today. And we bless your holy name. And we thank you. We are grateful for your sacrifice. We are grateful for everything you have done for us. And Lord, we thank you and continue to seek you with our hearts in the name of Jesus. Verse 2, bless, affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not one of all his benefits. Verse 3, who forgives every one of all your iniquities, who heals each one of all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and corruption, who beautifies, dignifies, and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. Verse 5, who satisfies your mouth, your necessity, and desire at your personal age and situation with good, so that your youth renewed is like the eagles, strong, overcoming, soaring. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, as such in verse 3, it says that you have forgiven every one of our iniquities and you have healed each one of all our diseases. Lord, we just thank you today that whatever we are sick with, you have already paid for the healing for that sickness. Back at the whipping post, as according to Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5, by the scourging, by your scourging, Lord Jesus, we are healed. So today, Lord, we thank you and we forget not one of all of your benefits. And so by faith, we can receive these benefits right now in the name of Jesus, receive the healing that's been paid for. Receive salvation. Receive Jesus by the blood of Jesus that's been paid for at Calvary, at the cross. Lord, you said it is finished. Everything has been paid for 100% for us to receive as a free gift from the Lord. And we thank you today. So, Lord Jesus, I thank you that I can speak to these precious souls, these listeners today, and I can believe by faith and speak your life, your healing in their bodies from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. In Jesus' name, 
that everything in between those two points on their body from head to toe, they are now strengthened, they are now healed and free from all sickness and disease and any lack of life in their body. I thank you, Lord, for strengthening their immune system. I thank you, Lord, for fresh sight with their eyes and also spiritual sight as well. I thank you, Lord, for their ears that they will hear in the natural and supernatural and in the spirit in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that they have a heart that will seek you with all of their heart in the secret place, the smallest room in their home, or wherever they may be, wherever it's quiet and secret, Lord, you hear what we pray in secret, and you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. And we bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen. So remember today that we must not forget any one of the benefits of the Lord. Amen. He redeems our life from the pit and corruption, who beautifies dignifies and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. He satisfies your mouth, your necessity and desire at your personal age and situation with good, so that your youth renewed is like the eagle's strong, overcoming, soaring. Today, know and receive that you in Christ are strong, overcoming, and soaring. You are soaring like an eagle. Eagles fly very high. And you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, far above all principalities and evil. And I thank you, Lord, today that that is where you have placed us. We don't deserve to be in you. We don't deserve to be seated in heavenly realms, in the heavenly place, and at the right hand of the Father with you. But we are because of your love and the love of the Father that he sent you to die for us and to redeem us, to reconcile us back to him. Through you, Lord Jesus. Amen. All right, that's Psalm chapter 103, verses 1 to 5, and it's recommended to review those verses from time to time, forgetting not one of his benefits and remembering that he has healed us, he has paid for it all, and he has forgiven us each one of our iniquities. Amen. And as we continue in our lives. If we do fall over, as we've said before, if we slip, if we backslide, we can instantly go to the Lord and he will instantly forgive us and instantly we are back in right standing with him again. Amen. We do not have to spend months, weeks, years trying to gain God's favor again. It's instant because of the blood of Jesus. Amen. And that doesn't mean we can go about sinning and instantly get forgiven because God's desire and God's will for us is not to repetitively sin or commit any sin at all. But if we accidentally slip into sin, we confess those sins according to 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. And if we confess those sins, God is faithful to forgive us those sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness in our conscience. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, and we're going back now through the topic of your identity in Christ, and this mini-series is Your ID is Enclosed. Your new ID is enclosed. Often in the post, in the mail, you might get a new card, an ID card, and it will say in the letter, your new ID is enclosed inside the envelope. Today, what we're trying to show you here is if you are born again, your new spirit has been deposited. Your new spirit that God has blessed you with is enclosed. It's enclosed within you. 
within your body. You are a new spirit. You are a new creation. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now, it says God made him. Okay, which one of the Trinity is God and which one of the Trinity is him? God made him who had no sin. Well, God is the Father and him is Jesus. So, the Father made the Son who had no sin to be sin for us. So that in him, so that means for us to be in Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. So that means that when we become born again, according to the Bible, God takes us from out of the powers of darkness. As soon as our free will chooses him, the Lord, God takes us in an instant out of the powers of darkness and moves us, translates, transfers us into the kingdom of his beloved son, which of course is Jesus. Now, we also get to become the righteousness of God. Now, if it wasn't enough that we were taken out of the influence and the dominion of darkness and the devil and all those demons, God went further and he made us the righteousness of him. Now, that is because we cannot stand in front of the Lord without being righteous. But in Christ, we are the righteousness of God because Christ is righteousness. So in Christ, it says we might become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. We have so many things to thank the Lord for continually. We are so undeserving. We have not had to pay for any of this. We deserve much worse. We deserve eternity in hell. Amen. But God in his infinite mercy, love and grace has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And this is one of them. So what is the righteousness of God? The righteousness of God in Christ means that you are justified, declared righteous, because you have had your sins cleansed by Jesus. You are in right standing only if and because you are in Christ. So we are in Christ if we have given our lives to the Lord. We have been made the righteousness of God, and we can only be righteous if there is no more sin Amen. If we have had our sins cleansed by Jesus. Amen. And so that's why it's important for us to confess our sins if we commit any, even as believers. Amen. God has made provision, whether you are yet to be believer or a current believer. If you slip, if you sin, just confess it. And with a sorrowful repentance, amen, meaning it from the depths of your heart that you are sorrowful for having committed that because you have a loving father and you wouldn't want to hurt his heart. You wouldn't want to disappoint him. Amen. You wouldn't want to make him sad about you continually habitually sinning. And so you in your right heart would be sorrowful when you commit a sin and it wouldn't feel right. Not like it used to when we were under the powers of darkness, where it seemed right to a man, amen, for us to sin, and that was just what everybody did. But that was when we were not in the kingdom of Jesus, the kingdom of God's beloved Son. We were under the powers of darkness, and everything seemed to be right, even though morally we knew we were doing wrong. We had those sins in our lives, amen, and we were committing those. But now, as we are born again, we are given a new spirit, 
And now the Holy Spirit convicts us when we are doing wrong. I think we are more more readily aware of committing that now. Amen. Because our conscience has been cleansed and now we know what the Lord wants and the Lord would expect us to be holy. Amen. And we can only be the righteousness of God in Christ if we give our lives to the Lord. We are convicted by the Holy Spirit when we do wrong, but we can confess our sins and be cleansed immediately. So if we look at the topic of sin, we can see in Romans chapter 6, as we started to go through last week, Paul spends an entire a couple of chapters, really, across Romans chapter 5 and 6. And we're going to read a lot of verses out of 6 today because it's important that we know that we are actually free from the bondage and the captivity of sin. And I encourage you to please read these verses that we teach each week and we read out to you. So last week we had gotten up to verse 4. And we're just going to go back to verse 3 just so we can recap. So it's the Apostle Paul writing to the believers at Rome. Romans chapter 6, verse 3, he says, Are you ignorant of the fact that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Verse 4 says, We were buried therefore with him by the baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, so we too might habitually live and behave in newness of life. There is, again, newness of life. God is recreating our spirit. We're brand new. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. Amen. And so this is about us overcoming in Christ, only by the name of Jesus, the bondage of sin and where we came from. Amen. Verse 5. For if we have become one with him, that's Jesus, by sharing a death like his, we shall also be one with him in sharing his resurrection by a new life lived for God. Amen. Remember, we were talking about holiness a short while ago. Verse 6, we know that our old unrenewed self was nailed to the cross with him in order that our body, which is the instrument of sin, might be made ineffective and inactive for evil, that we might no longer be the slaves of sin. Now, verse 6, it's many words, but we need to slow down here a little bit. It says, we know that our old unrenewed self, unrenewed, that's that word that is used in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, where Paul says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that word renew means to understand who you now are. It's to read the word of God and implant this truth in your soul, to understand God's promises for you, God's explanation of who you now are, a new creation. Amen. So that the old self, the old man can die and your misunderstandings and your believing of the lies that were told you before you came to Christ, before you started reading the Bible is truly dead. Amen. We need to understand that that old man, that old man, as the Bible says, was nailed to the cross with Jesus. 
in order that our body, which is the instrument of sin, might be made ineffective and inactive for evil, that we might no longer be the slaves of sin. So, death has been overcome, amen, by Jesus, and sin and death, it's of the same essence, amen. Sin leads to death. The wages of sin is death. And it's important to see here that by our old unrenewed self being nailed to the cross with Christ, that allowed for our body, amen, the human body, the physical body that we're in to be made ineffective and inactive for evil, which meant it was no longer susceptible to heavy evil influence for us to be going lusting after things with our eyes and so forth. As an example, amen, addictions, drinking, smoking, and all these things, amen, our body was nailed to the cross and it was the chains of bondage fell from our bodies when we gave our life to Christ, amen. We are no longer trapped being slaves of sin. And so now that is a lot to be thankful to the Lord for, for setting us free. And Jesus, the Son, set us free. Amen. Verse 7, For when a man dies, he is freed, loosed, delivered from the power of sin among men. Verse 8, Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Because we know that Christ, the Anointed One, being once raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has power over him. Amen. Hallelujah. Death has no more power over him. It no longer has power over Christ. And that means that when we give our life to the Lord and we become in him, that is how we receive eternal life. Because if death has no power over the Lord, over him, over Christ, amen, then if we are in him, death has no power over us. Now, you might say, well, I still die. Well, yes, you physically eventually die. Amen. But spiritually, if you give your life to the Lord, spiritually, you live eternally in heaven. Amen. So, verse 10, for by the death he died, he died to sin, ending his relation to it once for all. And the life that he lives, he is living to God in unbroken fellowship with him. So Christ died. He died to sin. He ended his relation to it. So that means that remember that God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin. All our sin was placed on that cross. And then Christ died and ended his relation to it. Now, that means that when we died with him and when we were resurrected with him by faith in his name, that meant that we also inherited this benefit of having a relation to sin that was abolished and ended and completely severed. That means the devil has no right to you as a born-again believer. Because remember, you have been paid for with a price. You've been paid for with the price of the blood of Jesus. You've been paid for as you gave your life to him. That was the last, technically the last choice you should be able to make of your own accord. And I explain that by saying that when you become someone else's, then they get to choose what you do. 
But God gave us a free will to choose him. And he still has us with this free will even after we give our life to Christ. But now we should be living like Jesus, amen, when he was on the earth as an example, amen, with the Holy Spirit working through us, where Jesus said, I came to do not my will, but the will of him who sent me. Now, do you think Jesus went about healing people and didn't really want to do it? No. Jesus went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. So he, according to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, is the exact representation of the nature of God. So while Jesus did say he didn't come to do his will, but the one of him who sent him, meaning he came to do the will of the Father, That didn't mean that Jesus was begrudgingly doing the Father's will. He agreed with the Father, but he was just doing everything that the Father wanted him to do. Amen? And how much do you know and enjoy when you enjoy helping someone else? They're asking you to help them, and you are not doing your own will. You're doing their will by helping them carry out what they want you to do. And you do it with pleasure, with a cheerful attitude, and you know it's for the right cause, for the right reason, and it is righteousness that you're carrying out. You're destroying the works of the enemy as you go about doing good, praying for people, laying hands on the sick, amen, and just preaching the gospel and telling them about Jesus and telling them about your testimony, about what Jesus has done for you and what he has delivered you from in your life. You are doing a great deed. You are spreading the good news, which is what Jesus told you and me in the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28 and Mark 16. So there we see that if we are in Christ, even though we still have a free will, we would gladly want to do the Lord's will because now our spirit is brand new in us and our spirit knows all things and our spirit has been recreated by the Lord himself. And we are now in righteousness. We are in right standing with the Father. But now we have the nature of the Father. We have the nature of the Lord in us. Amen. Without being in bondage to sin now. So we have the nature of the Lord within us. And we are inclined. We now lean and are really wanting to be doing more good in the world. As we spend time with the Lord, we will find that we will want to do his will more and more and more. And so I encourage you to spend more time with the Lord and to get into his word and to understand his love for his creation. One of the main prayers I have always prayed to the Lord is, Father, will you simply show me the way you see your creation through your eyes? I want to see how you feel about them, how much you love them and how much you care for your creation on this earth. Allow me to feel that, to sense that when I'm praying for people so that I would be a representative of you, a true representation. We're supposed to represent Christ, amen, and the love of Christ. And so that would be a key prayer, and it's been very, very helpful. And there are times when I feel fatherly, Even though I do not have children, I have spiritual children through disciples, discipling them. But even though I don't have any children of my own, I still feel like I'm acting like a father when I'm praying for God's creation. And I love it. And I'm loving it with the 
the inspiration and the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, and I enjoy it because this feels right. And the reason it feels right is because my spirit's been recreated. My old spirit's been done away with. My spirit's been recreated, regenerated. And now, as I read the Word of God and I spend time with Jesus and the Father, I'm understanding more about their love and the immensity of their passion and compassion for their creation. And so it's very easy now for me to pray for people and look past their faults and not even judge them and know that they got into this situation somehow. But it doesn't matter how they got into their situation. All it matters is that they know that Jesus can deliver them from whatever they're going through. We will have to continue on with the topic next week talking about how free we are from sin now. Amen. Doesn't mean we we will never ever sin again. There's no promise for that. But if we do, we know that we can confess it and God will forgive us, remember it no more, and we can get up and carry on quickly without any delay. We can get back to preaching the gospel and loving on people and doing God's will, going about doing good healing all who are oppressed by the devil, for God is with us. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you today for healing these precious souls of all their concerns, answering their questions, but also healing their hearts and healing their bodies from head to toe. We just thank you today, and we bless your holy name. All of our souls, we bless your holy name in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, that's all the time we have for this week. Again, if you'd like us to pray for you, you are more than welcome to give us a call at country code 1-407-705-3151. That's country code 1-407-705-3151. You could also email us at touchofgodradio at gmail.com. touchofgodradio at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook and we're on YouTube under Touch of God Radio. And so until next week, you have a blessed week. Amen.